It is a show, right? What? What we do for two hours? Yeah, I think so. Chip struggled with that, so. Hold on. What? What are you doing? Got to get it on the better camera there. Yeah. I can turn the light on. I've been messing with the computer, and I found ways that I know when it'll work like this and be like last Thursday. So let me first apologize for that. That was an hour and 45 minutes. It was a lot worse for me than whatever you did. I didn't go back and watch it, but. Mm, no, I, I hate when you have to deal with technological stuff. Uh, you know, it frustrates you. It frustrates me when technology doesn't work. Yep. You're better at it though. So. Sometimes, sometimes being better means that you're worse because it still doesn't work. And it's like, I don't have any solutions other than turning it off and turning back on sometimes. Right. True. So, um, face all red. I don't know. Is my, is my face red right now? I just went and got, just went and took a 10 minute round trip walk to get one of my kids from school. Maybe it's a little bit of windburn. I'm not sure. My face doesn't look red here. I finally got a allergy shot for uh, cedar, which half of uh, Austin's been dealing with. And it's helped um, helped out my eyes, like burning. But like, I'm still, I, I notice like, I'm just always looking. So I can't even tell. You don't look red to me. No, Jack said, never mind. I think it was the previous camera that I had. My, whatever reason, my computer camera, the one that's, a part of my screen yeah, has bad coloring. And so there are times that my face has looked redder and I kind of look like I have raccoon eyes. I'm not out in the sun with any sort of regularity right now. I've barely gotten to play sand volleyball in the last couple of months for various reasons, injuries, schedules, the weather sucks. Like my body feels good right now. It's just, I'm, I'm not going to get outside and play in this shit. I'll get in a swimming pool for a couple of minutes, but to run around with your hands all numb, trying to hit a volleyball, that doesn't work. Outside? But, you're yeah. going in the pool? Oh, God. No. You, you you say you're such a big fan of the cold. That is the ultimate in enjoying the cold. Yeah, the cold! Not, not getting in a pool, a body of water. No, I'm not that guy. Especially with how hurt your body is, and your body feels better. Get this energy. It does! Feel mentally mentally better. I gotta be honest. I thought about getting in the pool the other day. I know you should. I've been hyping it up to you for like a month I now. I know. I'm too big of a pussy. Wait until, just wait until it heats up a little bit. Your pool is weird because it gets a lot of shadows because it's in a courtyard, so it gets especially cold when the water gets into the 30s. Like I can't. I can only tolerate it for a couple of minutes at most. But when it's like in the 40s or 50s, it feels great to get in there for like five minutes. Which is why this pool is great in the summer, which is when most people get in there. Because it's like 15 degrees cooler than most pools that have just have nothing but heat on them all day. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, I thought about it, but not going to do it. But I do apologize. Uh, So I've kind of figured it out. When this thing, so the computer is flies through everything especially with my new modem and all that like it flies computer's fine it's the adapter and when the adapter doesn't show the battery going bump 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 bump, then we're screwed and that's what it was 
So I keep it charged now, close it down, and then right before, I'll plug it in once I get all this hooked up, including the camera, the mic, and all that, which was slowing it down. Okay. So well, essentially, you- essentially, I know nothing what's going on. So give me an IT guy. Seems a local like- nerd. A local nerd. It seems like you have a pretty good handle of what's going on now. Because all the things that I've suggested and that we've tried provide a temporary fix, but ultimately it's not fixing the issue. Yeah. So I was online and we all do sales to some degree. Everyone does. I, I don't care who you are. Maybe you're surgeon. You don't do that. But you're still selling your surgery. Um, so we all kind of do that. I was online during the Thursday show with Dell. I finally got on with Dell and said, I'm getting on customer service. Get on with this guy um, from a different country. 98% of us outside of Native Americans that are walking around here, maybe, I don't know, was that 94%? I don't know. Um, All came from somewhere else, right? Irish, mainly Ireland, and not too long ago. Germany, even the Native Americans came from somewhere else. Everyone did, right? Um, so, and trust me, as a grandfather who saw signs that were anti-Irish, you're a grandfather, huh? You're a my, grandfather. My grandfather who saw oh. signs in Southside Chicago, um, you asshole. Um, <laughs> that, like, I totally get it. You know that that like. There's been a um, really a ton of racism and a lot of shit that's gone on. With that said, um, like if you're doing customer service, like you have to be able to at least speak the native language. And there was, as I'm trying to get back on with y'all, he's trying to get Kevin Dunn correct. For, I say five minutes, most people say that. You're exaggerating. Could have been 345, could have been 410, could have been 510. Getting Kevin done right in something like that should be five seconds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I was very nice, but very frustrated. And I realized that the warranty's up, which I knew. And they were just trying to get me to send it somewhere. I'm like, no, I'm not sending, I'm just going to go buy a new one at that point. And I have a work one coming. So no. Um, But the reality is, I mean, it, the computer obviously works. I just don't know why the adapter and all that. I mean, I may just have to get a new adapter, but why did that change? Yeah, I'm a Mac guy, so I'm especially in the dark on PC stuff. I can't speak that language. I speak Cantonese. You speak Mandarin, and I'm not smart enough to to learn Mandarin. I should be. I speak Cantonese. I'm Asian. It's actually not that big of a gap, considering your starting point with you know, you know. I love how Trey said this on the phone. And it's, it's such a like dig and I can't really dispute it because it's right. But, you know, I told them, I go, I can't learn a new language at this age. I'm already not good at it. He's like, you not being good at it is a good thing. 
meaning you don't know much. I'm like, no, that wasn't my point, you asshole. Um, but I, I get your point. You're probably right. I think that Max just streamline everything. Like there are issues that I used to deal with with PCs that I don't deal with now. Like even when I have computer problems, the solution always seems to be easier to get to versus the red tape that you seemingly have to cut through to fix something that is problematic with a Dell um, laptop or a PC desktop, whatever it is. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, uh, I've been using Macs for so long that I forgot how big of a learning curve there was, but it did not seem that bad for me. I mean, at least to the point where here we are a decade plus later and I'm still using Macs. I had them in college for different stuff at CBS, like different workplaces, and it did not jive with how I speak Hmm. and how my fingers do what they do on the keyboard. Like well, Stevie, it's the same keyboard though, isn't it? Well, it's the same keyboard, but I know I mean all the little, you know, power down, shut off, power down, you know, all that shit. Like, you know, the stuff I really don't know. Um, so I really should have gone into that. Um, I wouldn't have been good at it though. Like, I'm doing something I'm good at now, yeah. and I pretty much have been. Like, and you know. As much as talking like you and I can, there are tons of jobs. You can work for NASA doing that. They take people out to dinner. Like, I mean, you can sell anywhere. There's other stuff you just can't get into. And tech, I would have been so bad at. I would have been okay at sales, but even then I would have been great at it. It would have been 50%. It would have been enough, but I wouldn't have known what I was talking about, clearly. Yeah, but you can learn. Yeah, I could have. You can learn just about anything. For me, it's the effort that I care to put into something. Like I could conceivably be good at a sales job. It would need to be something that I'm already passionate about. Yeah. It's why I like what I do now. I like real estate. I like making me and people money. You know, I like both those things and there we go. So outside of sports, that was pretty much it for me and food. Should have been a Food Network guy. That's what I should have been. After Real World, I should have jumped into that, bro. But I wasn't there yet. I wasn't there yet. You have the looks for television. I think your personality plays well on television, clearly. So, yeah, that would have been a good path for you. But it's also... Yeah, no, the looks are clear and the personality is secondary. That's, I mean, that's that's the rankings in television. Dude, I'm totally kidding. That's the rankings in television. You've right, got, no, that was my point. You've got a personality to be great at radio and a space for television. So those two things together actually make for good either, but good television. I totally blew everything, didn't the pro- I? The problem with that is that you as, a thinker, you as a free thinker realizes just how constraining the television side of stuff is. And yeah. So you're bored with it very quickly. Whereas radio is much better suited for you, but it's radio. You make jack shit working in radio. There are a few jobs in this country that actually pay really well, but those are very few and far between. But also, like in traditional radio, you are having to work against a truly arcane set of rules set forth by the FCC that made sense 20 plus years ago, but now are 
not only somewhat irrelevant, they put you well behind the eight ball in terms of all the competition that you're having to deal with beyond just radio. I mean, people can listen to music or spoken word on this thing now, and they can say whatever the fuck they want to whenever the fuck they want to and not have to worry about facing an FCC fine because it's before 10 o'clock at night. Of course, that's what we're doing now with Texas Sports Unfiltered both on YouTube and through the app, too. And it's say we're doing the same fucking thing for her. I'm still doing a radio show for an hour every day on uh, on a local station here in Austin. And it's fine. It's giving it's me fine. It's giving and by me- the way, Trey, because of all that, we'll plot of you. It's giving me an opportunity to, to speak with people that I probably wouldn't have the opportunity yeah. to speak with otherwise. A lot of comedians, yeah. especially... And as a teenager of the '90s, like I see, I, I see and feel a connection between like old school radio people and comedians. It's lost on a lot of people now. I hear a lot of comedian interviews nowadays on radio, and it's it's pure shtick. And them trying to set the comedians up for the jokes that they'll be telling on the weekends. Like I, I don't, that's not my, that's not how I go about those conversations. I'm genuinely interested in the art form and getting people's perspectives on that while also just fucking around and talking about all sorts of random shit too. Yeah, no, um, you do a great job with that and it does open up doors. I'll say this ESPN and probably timing wise is the only one I listen to. So we worked in the horn. I love Rod. I love Aaron. I mean, I like, I think Brock's there, right? Like, I mean, we've got, you know, I, I mean, most people we love, Dave, Christina, like they're all still there. Angie. So like people that, you know. I like that, the people you just mentioned. Some I can. All right. I like all of them. So, you know, here we go. Um, two diminishing degrees. <laughs> Elevated degrees. Um, but, um, but I can't get that when I'm driving around. And I can only get ESPN. And I think I know Jeff, I've known Jeff and Ed, I've known Ed since I was 15, Jeff since I was probably 18. So take that for what it is. I like both guys and they're both completely different guys. I get a kick out of their show. Yeah. I totally get it. If you don't, I don't think it's, you know, the best sports radio show I've ever heard, but, um, but it's, Funny to me and pretty good. And I like both guys. No, Ed is there in large part to keep Jeff from getting too political on a sports station. Yeah. And, but then Ed will get political and, and they've got their, and they both flip flopped in their own ways. Like, you know, but they're both kind of libertarian, somewhat socially liberal. I mean, like, so we've all, I've known them forever. So I get a kick out of it and I think they do a good job. And I actually texted Jeff on Friday. I was driving home. And I was like, you guys are cracking me up, man. Tell Ed, hey. And so I added, uh, where did I see him? I saw him at Dirties about two months ago. He was like, we got to go get something. And Ed was the first guy in, in anything I've ever done to give me a big compliment. Who's a big radio guy that meant a lot to me. I was 15 years old. And it was some Westlake varsity game, which I wouldn't on, obviously, and was uh, doing the KOBJ, uh, John Medani high school football wraparound, which was very new. One of the first ones, 1994, dude. And um, 
it was Austin High and Westlake, both undefeated at House Park, the best setting in all of Austin by far for any game, you name it. And you can see everything, especially in the skyline. They've still kept it. But uh, I go on first update and I go, hey, in front of a full house at the house, you know, Westlake and Austin High. And Ed gave me so much love for that line. He's like, you're going to be a star, buddy. You're going to be a star. And so Ed's always said that to me. So I ran into him at Dirties. Both those guys are great. Love Aaron and, and Rod. Can't hear it. And I should get online like people have to with us and probably will. And then the zone, um, I love Harge. But, like, I get up usually around 637. And you know me. It's stretching, meditation, maybe coffee. Maybe apple juice, maybe a bagel, and watching local Fox News for about 30 minutes and just kind of waking up. So, like, the time doesn't work. So, like, there's nothing available. So, you've got a great slot. You've got a good deal, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. And I am glad that I can still get to do it, even in a limited capacity. But it's it takes up much less of my attention than this channel does most days. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because what we're doing here with Texas Sports Unfiltered is with people that we love getting to do a really, I mean, as the name suggests, an unfiltered version of just shooting the shit about Longhorn sports, NFL playoffs this time of year, and really whatever the fuck we want to. I mean, you and I, more 75% of what we talk about from three to five on Tuesdays and Thursdays has little or nothing to do with sports. Number's probably only going to go up once football season isn't completely done with now, and that's okay. It's fine. It's why we're. It's why the show is called Longhorn Misfits. Yeah, yeah, and I don't like that name. I know um, you don't. You don't like any names, though. No, but I really don't like that one. But you're right about that. Why not? I like the name Minka. Minka would be a good name. I mean, I I, I like to be Minka Dunn. Or maybe Minko, because I'm into Latinas, and they're going to, you know, the uh, it's not going to sound good to them. Hmm. Minko? Yeah, well, Minko done. We can just call it the, the H. We can call it Minka, then. We can call three to five Minka. Um, so, I... It's funny on Thursday, like I had a good week last week and I was fired up and I was like, you know, usually I'm on here and I'm like waiting for calls or, you know, getting calls or I'm obviously engaged, but um, I was ready to go. Saban, Belichick, all this stuff. I say a bond um, that had gone down by then, right? Yes, Thursday, all that had gone down. That is correct. Um, yeah, I was ready to go. And so I'm going to hit all that today, all right? Let's go. Saban. Right. Wow. Um, think about LSU, Michigan State first, which is where we all knew him. And more of a Midwest guy, which is why I do love the Kalen DeBoer thing, which I called on Twitter and expected that DeBoer would be the guy. And the funny thing too, is that, so we talked with Stubbs, our OU buddy, who's legit. I know. Um, 
if Sark would have taken that job, does DeBoer come here or is Texas better off? He said as an OU fan, he would be more scared. Thoughts? Of DeBoer than Sark? As an OU fan versus straight up against UT. Hmm. I don't know if DeBoer has the personality to be successful at Texas. Now, winning obviously cures a lot of that. What does that mean in in, in 2024, not John Makovic in 92, being a Yankee coming down here? I think I think that he is a little bit more closed off than along the lines of Makovic, whereas Sark is a little bit more social than that, and it takes a sort of socialization to be a successful coach at Texas. One of the big reasons why Mac was so good here is because he was always willing to shake a hand, meet somebody, and maybe most importantly, remember names. Mac's ability to to remember and recall names is maybe his most impressive quality, truly, as yep. a football coach. As strange as that may be to say, it's also true. Um, Sark is, has a version of that while also not going – as far overboard as Mac did with a lot of stuff, he's still very focused on the football side of things. I just think DeBoer is much more reserved than that, and that could become problematic over time, especially if things aren't going well on a given season. Now, he wouldn't be looking to curb stomp whatever credibility had been built up, like a Tom Herman, who seemed to try and create enemies at every turn at this university was very fascinating to watch in retrospect and also wouldn't be as aloof as Charlie strong. So he would be better than both of those options, but, and I think he's a better football coach too. So I understand where Stubbs is coming with that, but I also, I don't know how good of a, a roster manager he is. And that's an area where Sark and his staff have proven to be able to crush it. And to make their lives so much easier throughout the offseason, of course, but also once the season itself gets going. I mean, look I at what they're doing with perceived areas of weakness right now and how they are identifying and targeting guys who fill very specific positions of need. Makuba coming in as a possible safety or nickel with Jade Barron coming back, unless Jade kicks to the outside to play more traditional corner, Makuba's going to be one of your safeties. Derek Williams is also at safety. They have gone out and tried to further address the defensive end spot with Trey Moore, who is maybe the top prospect from that secondary level. Isaiah Bond fills that third receiver position with the other two likely being occupied by Matthew Golden, who is a highly productive player at Houston, and Jonte Cook, who's currently on the roster. Like They have a great handle on what they need to do offseason to offseason with regards to continuing to strengthen the roster. And I think Sark has also done a great job of hiring coaches, replacing coaches who are going elsewhere with upgrades in a lot of cases. And I feel really good about just his overall program management. There are some valid questions or valid points that I think you could make up about how he conducts himself on game days. I'm not always thrilled with how he chooses to coach ends of halves on offense but the total body of work, I think, has uh, been very impressive through three years. And we now have the results to show for it, too, with this team making their first four-team playoff and having a chance to win that semifinal game to play for another national championship. 
Yeah, well said. I think we uh, are better off with Sark. I think it's a, a good question by Brian because um, DeBoer is that good of a coach, and that's why Damon went after him. And I figured Lanning wouldn't go. I thought that'd be the one close one. I knew Sark wouldn't go. The other thing, too, that I wanted to say on Thursday, you think Sark's going? First off, in current NIL today, Texas has a lot more long-term money than Bama. And that's why Bama's bitching about a lot of this with Bond. And the Bond, the whole Lamborghini deal. How do I say this? Say it. Isaiah was one of my former clients at my previous job. Okay. Mm -hmm. There was already another one of our former clients who had a Lamborghini deal. And they're all connected within clientele that we have that have met before at parties that we have nothing to do with in terms of, oh, here, do this deal. Like people meet people at social events. And so, yeah, so that was not Texas NIL as much as it was. He may have a connection to Austin and wanted to come here with NIL and Sark and Saban retiring. And I, I mean, I trust me, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm removed from that, but I know how great of a young man he is, how great his mom is. And like any Alabama stuff that's like negative against Isaiah is, is, is not right. And Texas didn't give him a Lamborghini to come here. Alabama people can fuck off with that, by the way. You've been playing that game before it was somewhat legal to do so. Not saying that Texas hasn't. No, Alabama can't fuck off for that because getting back to Saban, that's what you're known for your whole time. Saban on. Despite the sanctimoniousness that he's cheated forever. Two years about it. Your Kentucky basketball. Shut up. You know, it's interesting. I talked to uh, our old friend Paul Wadlington on my radio show last week, and I kind of scoffed at the notion of uh, Sark going to Alabama. I'm like, Texas is way better set up in this NIL era to deal with everything than Alabama is, and it kind of feels like Saban, one, he's he's older and he's already proven himself, but two, he's kind of running from a much more difficult landscape to try and maintain this status as the college football goat which he would still be regardless of whether he won another national championship or not Paul said Alabama is actually more buttoned up on the NIL stuff right now than Texas is so even with these you know I'd say sophistication of cheating which I've talked about forever on radio and especially here where I can be more transparent um people were doing it you know, they took it to another level with lawyers and essentially 401ks um, and also coached really well and recruited really well and developed really well and played really well. So, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be, I'm a very layered person with all this. I'm not on any direction. That was 100% like the Astros where I got shit. It's like, dude, you're not saying they're cheating? I'm like, yes, I am. But there are, you still have to hit 101, you know? Um, and they're doing it for a reason, so it helps. So I don't know what the percentage is, but he did a great job with that, and he still was the GOAT. You're right about that. So, you know, the everything he did was was 
really good. But I wanted to get back with Bond more on that. There's a reason he's coming here, and there's a reason Sark's staying here. Not only the money long-term with NIL, and who knows where that'll go, but think about everything involved. One, who wants to follow the GOAT? No one. That never works out well. And he is. He's Belichick. He's John Wooden. He's, you could say, Dato, Augie, um, you know, college, I'm trying to think. Dean Smith, guys like that, right? Um, you don't follow them. Um, but if you also have a very smart, so I told you I never listen to any of the morning shows, right? Because, you know, I usually get up early, but, you know, I'll have very lightly TV on as I'm stretching, getting coffee, get something to eat, meditating, shaving, taking a shower, whatever. And it's the local Fox. I know like five of them. They're great people. And I've worked with them. Tierra was an intern, Dave, Zach, all of them. I mean, I, I know a bunch of them and they're really good at what they do. They're fair. They're And so I'm always watching that. Over the last two years, I've seen Sark's wife at big time events in the morning, like hosting stuff. Like she's not a fashionista, like a chick hanging out. Like Clearly. she's like, she's really into this stuff. She's really smart. She's really on top of it. That was a no-go from the beginning, bro. That had to be with her. I'm just guessing. Going to Alabama? Tuscaloosa, when I've seen her five times in two years on the local news Mm -hmm. um, at events, like big national events when they're in town. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing, right? You mean the uh, South by Southeast hosted in Tuscaloosa every April doesn't draw what South by Southwest does here every March? I tell you what, we get her to our pig farm convention and sweaters will be flying off the racks. You're right, by the way. She is not a fashionista as we see with Sark's game day attire every Saturday during the season. I think she sets a lot of that up, which is why you and I, at our age, with our eyeballs, are like, that's the most hideous suit. And there are 24-year-old chicks that are like, that is so brilliant. No, fashion, people who are ahead of fashion trends inherently have bad fashion sense. But because they've established themselves as experts in the industry, it's what fashion eventually becomes. Like before Cam Newton was ever wearing... What do they call those things? Adult ones, not adult onesies. Um, adult onesies. Jesus. Fucking bloomers or whatever it was. It was like the one piece short, short sleeve get up. Like those are probably being worn on. Are you talking about like what Bozo the Clown wore? No, God damn it. What are, uh, I cannot think of what that item is called it's it's a terrible look but my point is is that that was being worn at fashion week probably a year before guys like cam newton were wearing them in preseason nfl like that being a fashionista i guess to your to the point that she is a fashionista means rolling something out there that looks really bad that everybody eventually adopts a year later you're just that far ahead romper thank you cb rompers terrible look 
It was actually in vogue for a season. Which is why it's easy because you get lazier as you get older. And I gave up way earlier than most guys my age. And thank God. I mean, I, I beat them to the punch at 36. A lot of them called me and been like, you're right at 25. Um, there's no reason to keep up with, with, I mean, there's some professional stuff you want to keep up with, but this is kind of what I want to be known for. You know me, white tee, jeans, stuff like this. This, will, this won't look that bad in a photo in 3033. Who is that guy? I look weird, but, uh, you know. Not like the guy in the romper. And th- that too, like that's fine, you know. Same, but yeah. even like I mean a long sleeve shirt where I can I can bring the sleeves up halfway up my forearms and the sleeve isn't gonna stretch out too much. This is the perfect shirt for me. So when we were kids, I'll never forget looking at my parents' wedding photos. Holy fuck. Um, like my dad's suit. It was the 70s, and my mom was fine, but my dad, like, like this checkered checkered pattern, like, you know, fuck you, Sosa Chicago type, like, suit. Like, what are you doing? Um, And, but now we're at the age where I can go back, and luckily, I mean, this is, I, I don't say this very often, so luckily they burned in the fire. In my mom's place. I'm kidding about that. But like some of the pictures that we still have of me as a kid, like what we wore as kids or what people were in the 80s. It's not that long ago, man. Go look at college pictures in 2000. Hell, I get people give me shit for real world stuff. What were you wearing? It's like it's 20 years ago, bro. You know? And you- yeah, I look back and I'm like, what a fucking douchebag. What were you wearing on the real world that's getting mocked? I mean, nothing too much, but like, I mean, it's just like, it's just more, well, yeah, I mean, like, it's more my niece. So she's 22. And so, you know, I mean, just stupid stuff, to be honest. I mean, nothing that was like over the top, like my dad's wedding suit, but or tux, whatever it was, costume. Um, Trying to find pictures of you from the real world. All right. Image search is not All right. doing a very good job of this. There were other points I had. Can I get to other points I've had? Sure. All right. So Saban is the goat, but like anything, like Wooden or Dato, know that Gato had Dart. Wouldn't had Sam the Man. Like, to get Lou Alcindor at a Power Memorial. Um, Jamal Wilkes. Any of them. They've talked about it. Like, there was cheating going on. Other people were doing it. True. But that's part of the story. So, just get real about it. And that's going to be part of the story for real college football people. He was also brilliant. And even outside of that, I would say, He's the GOAT. And certainly for modern-day football, I mean, you can give Newt Rockney, but different time and, and a hell of a lot harder right now. Right? 
I'm sorry. I'm still looking for real world New York. Picture. No, dude, don't like just just stop. Stop right now. Okay. Stop right now. We have a lot to get to. You have to leave in nine minutes. If you want to do it later and load it up, we can. That ain't going anywhere. Um, so, Gabe Saban, it's just weird that the two goats, and I hate that term. By the way, we need to do, I wrote this down, we need to do, you and I need to pick new sports terms in our lifetime that have totally changed or been invented that are crazy, right? What do you mean? Like Q2, RB1. People just started using that with me. Like I was the asshole. I'm like, I know more sports than you. Shut the fuck up. Dude, he's an RB2. I'm like, uh, this has to be fantasy driven. No one said that when we were growing up, Trey. Yeah. You said the second string running back because we could talk then. I, yeah, that infuriates me. Somebody asked about this on the uh, YouTube comments line. Do we ever talk to Hastings? Yeah, we both talked to Chad from yeah. time. Yeah. One we thing I always had to bring up with Chad, though, he liked to, you like to turn everything into an acronym. And I'm like, dude, nobody knows the fuck you're talking about with these three random letters that you're putting together. Just it's, you're Every, making it more difficult on yourself, even though you're trying to make it easier. It doesn't my move, it my just move, convolutes things. My move from sports TV, sports radio forever, real estate and financial stuff. And then back to really the real estate I wanted to be in has been great because all three, all four industries, because I'll separate them. And print would be even separate too. Everyone wants to try and make their industry and their profession and their job and what they do to make, to earn a living sound a lot tougher to the people on the outside that have never done it. The acronyms used at Morgan Stanley and in finance, you take the seven, the, uh, you know, anything with FINRA or the SEC. So you take the uh, SIE 766, like, bro, the amount of acronyms and even within, you know, a company and a group. Did you get the GAC on the 212 and the AOD and the DO? None. What did he say? He said, did you get the paper and how was your day? It's like, dude, you know, it's complete Chinese, Trey. It is part of the tribalism. Yep. Bingo. Bingo. Has allowed our species to not just survive, but evolve and thrive and really dominate this planet over every other species. Yeah. As far as being on land goes is yeah. a coolness that comes into play and, with knowing the inside lingo of a given tribe. And that is that way with jobs. It's that way with some of the nerdy shit that people are all about as adults. With women, the Indian guys at aquarium when I was in college, last time we talked circling me. Yeah, Star Trek, Star Wars. We can't have a Mick in this circle. <laughs> all of those, all of these worlds have their own little yeah. language that helps 
people who are also a part of that world or a part of that tribe recognize that you know what the fuck it is that you're talking about because you can speak their language. Yeah, and and, and like anything, they're really worried that there's going to be someone who once they decipher the code and break down the language may intrinsically be a lot smarter than you and better at this. It's a proprietary protective mode and protecting my assets, protecting my future income. Which is why I love women. The women I hate the most are the ones I barely know. And they're people that I've, guys I've worked with and their wives who are behind the scenes plotting stuff. And I find out later, I'm like, well, I never really never knew you. Women I've met, because their women, Trey, are incredible and better than men. Of course, I watch sitcoms. What do you mean by that? I watch sitcoms. Oh, so you know you know where they're coming from. You know where no, they come from. I know women are better than men, is what I'm saying. I'm kidding around. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, all sitcoms teach you that women are better than men. Men are yeah. big oafs like Kevin James or Jim Belushi. Yeah. And all women are Leah Remini or Courtney Thorne Smith. Gotcha. Yep, pretty much. But you're exactly right. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Where do we go from there? Bill Belichick. All right. Belichick. Goat. With him. You call this before anyone I know. Like, I probably did like right after Brady. Um, So it was obviously going that direction, but it's crazy. Looking at his record, it's like 83 and 104, whatever it is, without Brady. And with Brady, it is what it is. I'm not going to say that he's that bad of a coach without him because there was a lot to Brady. Brady probably wasn't as great as some people would think just looking at the accolades and numbers. He was great. But it's a weird career to look at, isn't it? Yeah. Because he is a GOAT, too. I agree. They 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 each needed one another. One was not that much more important than the other. You could argue in a given season that one had a greater impact on them winning or winning at all. But I think each of those things balances out over the course of their careers together. Yeah. And for Tom, it is maybe a little bit easier because you have so much more responsibility for how games go if you're the quarterback. The quarterback, sturdy limb I'm going out on, I know, is the most important position on the field for a reason. There's a reason why teams stretch to take a guy in the first round to get that extra year on a rookie contract in case he turns out to be the guy because it provides you so much more flexibility everywhere else. You can get that guy on a rookie deal and spend that money elsewhere for his weapons on offense, for the offensive line blocking in front of him to get good pieces on defense too. But Belichick was responsible for those salty defenses each and every year and a sort of discipline that the Patriots played with and an understanding of the rules to allow you to 
bend rules in all the right ways without getting penalized most of the time. It's sort of a Greg Popovich effect on the game, but in football, and it's maybe not as obvious in football as it tends to be in basketball if you watch closely, but Belichick was great about a lot of that stuff. The problem, though, is that if you become so rigid in your ways, and this is the case with any industry, I feel like we've had this conversation before, so I apologize if this is broken record time, is if you are so rigid that you are unwilling to adapt or change, you will get passed by. And Bill Belichick, whether or not it was coincidental or synchronistic with Tom Brady leaving, a sort of rigidity set in with him. On top of him starting to lose it as a GM, too, and them not hitting on as nearly as many guys in the draft, even a couple of years before Brady left New England, where you start to see things slip. And then all of a sudden, their defense wasn't playing as disciplined anymore. Actually, actually a lot before he left New England. No no question. A lot before he left. And then when Pioli left, a lot of things changed. That's a great point. And then you started to see him making really questionable coaching hires. I mean, what was the debacle two seasons ago where he didn't, he wouldn't name an OC and one of his theoretical OCs was Matt Patricia. He's like a fucking, yeah, he's an albatross. He's a cooler for whatever side of the ball he is responsible for on a given team. Now, as he just proved with the Philadelphia defense once again, and then he brings Bill O'Brien in this year. Like he's starting to lose it in terms of some of those decisions. He did the, he did the unthinkable um, during the salary cap era, which, I mean, one of the things that turned me off of the NFL when they made that move, I was like, I actually kind of like only having seven teams that are worth it and 15 that can play and the other 15 suck. Yeah, but we're losing 15 markets and we're going to add two more. And it's like, all right, whatever. Um, Our ultimate goal of having... 20 teams that are right around right nine and eight or eight and nine when we add a game to the regular season schedule and we have 20 teams in the playoffs every year by the way for any any of y'all who with your heart can bleed blue or bleed left or just bleed as a person i think a lot of us you know can bleed as a person it's like man i really care for that you know it was a kitten on the side of the road that got hit by a car there's a homeless person and it's 11 degrees outside. Like there are things that just as a someone breathing with a soul, you're like, God, I feel for that. You know, the NFL is not being a social, you know, a social socialistic type system. I don't want to say it that way totally, but obviously with the salary cap and to some degree of social socialism that they're not doing that to be nice. They're doing that because they want all 32 markets to be invested at all times. So I guess it's where it actually works out, you know, um, but it, it they, does. They achieved peak parity this year. I've been saying that from halfway yeah. the season on, like every, nearly every team was hovering right around 500. Right. A big chunk of the season. And the NFL was getting exactly what they wanted, which is everybody in the playoff picture, just enough that it kept you invested. Even though, if you really think about it, there's no way your dog shit 500 Saints team has a chance to win a Super Bowl this year. No. One exception. They were 6-6 six and six, 12 games into the season, but their point differential was like plus 100. And it's like, all right, this is, this is a weird team. 
Josh Allen makes very questionable decisions at times and seems to turn turn the ball over in a really bad way at least once every game. Buffalo is one of these 500 teams that could actually make some noise if they get it figured out at the right time, and here we are. Yeah. Most everybody else, it was just like some sort of false sense of hope that you're being given there. Oh, dude, we were all over college and pro, pro football all year. That I mean, it's very up in the air. And but once again, like I said all year, it's going to be very matchup driven. And so, if you get an outside zone team that's pretty hot and running the ball well and take shots, it's like the Packers. So the Cowboys, Cowboys are built to not stop the run. Like that's not new, you know. They were playing around that. When you lose Van Der Esch and lose some people, then you're in a bad spot. Like the Dolphins losing the way they did. Not surprising. That's the other thing. You lose Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, their their Mike linebacker, who was their quarterback brains on the field. Um, What was his name? Really good player. Zach Thomas. 52, no, because Riley came in for him. Um, they lost certain guys to where, and Connor Williams being out, made Liam Eichenberg go to center, and it changed the whole offensive line. There were certain things. Jalen Waddle's been, hadn't been healthy the whole time. Moster. Um, there were certain things you kind of walked into this and didn't surprise me. Packers beating the Cowboys really didn't. Right. The way they did, yes. Yeah, the Packers, what they did well, especially the last month of the season when Aaron Jones returned from injury. Yeah. The football was a clear weakness for this Cowboys defense. Yep. On top of that, Jordan Love. He'd been hot, man. He'd been playing really well, and they just completely took it to the Cowboys. The fact that the Cowboys' defense gave up before the offense was a little bit surprising because that's I agreed. Just inside of the ball throughout the course of the season, but they have some things to figure out. Starting, well, you can't figure out the the biggest problem that is Jerry Jones as the owner and GM. But after that, they need to ask themselves whether Mike McCarthy can be the guy going forward. It seems like there will be a change made at some point in the not too distant future. And whether Dak is going to be your quarterback after next season. You have him under contract for one more year. Great stats this year. Proved himself as a top three quarterback in the regular season this season. But can he be the guy in the postseason? He has yet to prove that he can be. Even though he ended up big on Sunday, threw for over 400 yards, had three touchdowns. He had an interception in the first half and was just generally off target in the first half to the degree that CeeDee Lamb was visibly frustrated with him early in that game. Maybe that added to the problems, but uh, Dak Prescott was part of the reason why they were down so big heading into halftime on Sunday. Yeah, C.D. Lamb also has Stephon Diggs and every other receiver I feel like I've known forever uh, over the last 10 years. Like, you know, you fucking prima donna. Like, stop. You're getting paid that much. And, like, you know. And, by the way, I'm not saying don't do that. Stop but being so reactionary so early. Do it the way most people do it. Behind closed doors would be like, yo, motherfucker, if I'm open, <laughs> give me the ball. It'll make your QBR higher, okay? We're trying to win. One, he did that at one point this year, and it helps. I just think that him being visibly frustrated on the field, I, I agree with you. Like, he just needs to talk to him on the sideline and say, hey, take a breath, calm down. I was open there. That's a throw you've made a thousand times. Let's let's do it like we're capable of. Yeah. 
He's a yeah, he can't help himself. Yeah, guys, I'll be back here in a few. Thank you. All right, see. You. What up, buddy? What up, man? Is this working now? I'm not doing the robot. Apparently, no, the robot. You're good. Yeah. Apparently, the robot was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some good robots. I've seen some bad. See some guys that can pop and lock, and seen. Yeah. Some just- by the way, by the way, only white guys should be able to do the robot. Because it's like it's a limited menu for like a vegetarian, you know. <laughs> what about uh, they need to make a white version of the movie Break? You know? Break. I don't know if I've seen that. Who, the who's old in school that? where they're break dancing back in like the eighties? Oh no, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like I thought it was like some like one of these car deals, you know? Yeah, breaking. Like, yeah. Although break wouldn't be exactly probably the way to go, man. <laughs> How you been, brother? I'm good, man. You know, you staying warm? Trying to. Shit, took the dog so, out a couple of times. It was nuts, but ah, uh, dude, I love the people with dogs, man. Like I see y'all when it's one eleven outside, and the dog has to piss and shit, and I see you when it's driving and it's eleven degrees outside, and you you guys are still walking, man. Yeah. Y'all love your dogs. I, I get it. You, we just had dogs outside back in the day. We'd let them in when it was cold, but then let them out. Like, we didn't have to go walk them. We didn't walk dogs back in the day. We probably should have. They died. Young. Yeah. yeah. No, no, we definitely should have. There's a lot of stuff. My parents shouldn't have smoked, you know, you know, or other parents, you know, picking us up from baseball with the, you know, in the car with the windows open. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, but that like made a person back then. But you remember that? Like we didn't think it was child abuse either. You know, it was like not nah, good little high. I'm getting home. Mom's making broccoli. This would be good. Yeah, man. When it comes to the cold, I'm like Tua, man. Just straight poontang. Just can't take it. Don't want to be in it. Can't play in it. Can't function. When everything's sunny in 85, I'm groovy. You know what I'm saying? I look like one of the best in the league. But once that thing hits below 45. Call me a black ass to a tug of because I do not do the code. We're tropical. Us black, us black. Say, <laughs> say you give a lot of these. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah, doing this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then. <laughs> I can hear you. I yeah, can hear yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we thought Peyton had that. Those first few years when he always had to go to Foxborough and stuff, we're like, yeah. here's this Louisiana boy, can't take the cold, always has his hands. The only difference is, is I was following college football so much, I saw that in Gainesville uh, every two years. So I was like, no, nah, this guy just melts and is, is a pussy. You know, I was like, you know, hey, nothing to do with cold weather. He can be in Gainesville and humidity and this guy melts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But you're right. No, that was the whole deal with Peyton. And it is more that offense, remember, with the Colts. It was like that offense won't work in cold weather. And that's probably part of Miami, too. Although I'll say this, like all year long, I think it was very obvious to any of us to watch anything. So this is nothing that I'm going to say that's an epiphany um, or it wasn't in week two or not week two, October when I probably said it. The Cowboys and Dolphins are very alike, you know. They're that they're that kid like they can be the shit at probably eighty percent of the kids, but they get to the twenty percent and the ten percent, 
and anyone their size, like it's a little bit of an issue. But they can pick on other people. And, you know, both those teams beat the piss out of a lot of the, you know, their conferences, 56, 15, 45, 14, current day NFL. What's up? It's like eight and three, nine and four. But you know, the you know, the Dolphins were one and six, right? Only win against the Cowboys in that little uh, fight. Yeah, that was um, a you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was weak. I mean, don't you think they're kind of in the same spot? And I think both probably have to address really being physical on the line. I understand Miami was hurt. But the Cowboys, their run defense has been bad for a couple of years. It has to get better, period. Yeah, and I guess some teams don't feel like they need it because the NFL is so pass-heavy. So you kind of like, who's going to play that old-school, heavy personnel type of football? And Matt LaFour was like, I will. I'll do yeah. whatever it takes to win. And we got a top-10 running back in Aaron Jones that could get the job done that has kind of this Texas vibe to him, being an El Paso kid, talking about, oh, yeah, my father, who he lost, was a huge Emmett Smith fan. So him playing Dallas, you could tell why in four games he has over 460-something yards and nine touchdowns against America's team. Like, that's, that's just one of those things to where you play up for certain games, and Aaron Jones is one of those guys, and Jordan Love – they made him look like Favre. They made him look like Aaron Rodgers, the guys that were playing the position, you know, in Green Bay before him. Like, they made him look like that guy. And I told Chip this during our show, KD, like, with Dan Quinn and knowing all of the interviews that he has very soon, at least five scheduled, knowing that for a defense, that must be hard. I get it. You're being paid millions and stuff. I understand that. Be professional. There's no excuse. I get it. But these guys are still human. And if you're looking, if you're a Michael Parsons and all you know is Dan Quinn and he's a father figure and this and that, like, it's probably difficult to know that this is the last ride. And they kind of played that way. I mean, again, give Green Bay all the credit. They really took it to him, like 48 points. Damn. They play tight, say. They play, they play tight. tight. They play tight. They did. I rarely say that about pro athletes because, honestly, that's rarely the answer. It's an answer in high school. You know better than me. It's the answer in college a lot of the time. Not as much. Dude, it's rarely the answer in the NFL. And it wasn't the total answer, but they played tight, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. Like, Dak Prescott, all the pressure that he has with his name – yeah, All the losses these last two years, three 12-win seasons in a row, and you lose in the playoffs before you can even get to an NFC championship. Like, that's that's why Steve Young, so memorable of him taking the monkey off his back at that Super Bowl, like Steve knew. Steve knew how hard it was being in Joe Montana's shadow. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Dak Prescott's always going to be in Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman's shadow. And I that's know. hard. And and Romo in a weird way too. Um, yeah. I love Dak. I mean, I've never met Dak. Don't know. I know nothing about him personally like that. But know people that know him, and you know this. We do this long enough, so 
been in skin in, in Dallas. One of those guys knew him or they both know him, but one lived near him. And they're like, he's like the coolest guy in the world. Like type of guy that like, came out during Halloween when I would have done this and played catch with the neighborhood kids for an hour, you uh, know? Yeah, no, like that type of guy and was bullshitting with the dads or asking about the Cowboys, you know, I'm sure annoying his ass. So I'm rooting for his ass hardcore. McCarthy, whatever. Um, and Dak, I get the questions too. I say all that. That's, I think he's a good quarter. I think he's a top 10 quarterback, probably in the back. I think he's a bat in the back end. And I don't know if he's the guy to get you over the hump. So and you're looking at Houston and you draft CJ Stroud, that takes Stroud over Dak right now. Yeah. For next year and obviously long term. Yeah. So yeah. that's uh, not even close. <laughs> no, it's not. You talk about Aaron Jones, AJ. AJ is is a guy who is still driving the same car he had in college at UTEP. Wow. Won't fly first class. Wow. He's got plenty of money to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that says a lot about a person, man. And that's a man who, you know me, that's a man who speaks to my heart right there. Like, oh, yeah, you I, love that. That's but real he's also, out. but if you took all of us out, he'd pay for everything. And, like, he's not, you know, I mean, you know, he wouldn't, like, walk out if you and I were getting burgers with him. It's like, we got to pay for him? Like, it's worth, like, you know. Yeah. But like, I mean, I respect that. You know, he's like, once I get to my hundred million as a businessman, then I'll then I'll get maybe a CRV. Two years old though, why would you buy new? You're, you're gonna walk it off the lot, you know. <laughs> no, he's yeah. yeah, he's got everything uh, figured out. Seems like, and again, like, talk about humble beginnings, like. The dude's lost his pops. The dude's like realized, okay, hey. Do you remember when he lost his chain? Remember when he lost his chain in the end zone on that Monday night game? Mm -mm. It was his dad's chain. And he lost it in the end zone. And they spent the whole next day finding it and finally found it. And like the dude who found it, getting back to AJ, maybe not, you know, still driving his Jeep Cherokee from UTEP in whatever that was, you know, um, hit that, hit that dude off, actually hit all of them off, you know, like, As he that, like his dad, like his whole family and the, the charity work he does, you know, um, I know a couple, a lot of people were out in El Paso. He does so much charity work there. You go to El Paso, Aaron Jones, may be the most popular guy. If not, Ivan Melendez is right there with. Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Man, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, that. No, Aaron is as cool as it comes. I say all that. I was still rooting for the Cowboys. It's weird. I'm a Niner fan, but like the Cowboys, and I, I don't mean this in a. It's going to sound awful. They haven't been harmless because they've been good, but that rivalry hadn't been there as much. I'd, I'd rather lose to the Cowboys than the Packers now. Really. Well, the Cowboys, the Niners and the Packers have played 10 times total in the NFL playoffs, most all time. Right. We've met a, met a bunch, bro. Um, and the Cowboys-Niners uh, games have been clearly from the catch to 93, the Cowboys coming onto the scene to uh, 95, 90. All those have been really important, but 
growing up here, like you just get used to it. You know, I have enough friends, you know, and I've kind of, I've not fallen in love with the Cowboys at all, but I like them and I like Dak and I like certain guys they have. And they should have, they should have won that game on paper, but paper's different now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So my sister who just got engaged, her fiance, congrats, Harry Dallas. Yeah. South, South Dallas kid. The only one in our family, the only Dallas native in our family now. <laughs> the rest of my family represents Houston. Like my brother, my sister, they're both from Houston during, you know, my parents' early years. My mom lived in Houston before she was with my dad. My pops is from Richmond Rosenberg area. So there, they were hurt when the Oilers left off to Nashville and became the Titans. And now they are completely Texan folks. So I've kind of been raised to hate the Cowboys, even though I don't. Like in this business, I knew I was going to get in this business somehow. I'd slitter my way in. So I just kind of knew the big rule was not to be a homer of anyone. And luckily enough that I jumped on with, you know, the horn, Texas Longhorn, Texas Sports Unfiltered. I've always been a Longhorn fan. So that's a little different. But – as far as pro teams go, I've never had a dog in a fight. So now it was always funny to see the Cowboys fail during the Romo era. But now I feel bad for a lot of the guys that, oh. you know, I'm close with in this business. Like a Brad oh. Kellner. Right. And, you know, guys like that. Yeah. that legitimately, you know, Rodney Rodriguez. Yeah. Now, like legitimate Cowboys. Fans. I'm like, And outside, outside of Kellner, even people we really care about. <laughs> Like Rodney or, you know, um, I think El Chapo is a big Cowboys fan. Um, El Chapo? Doing serious time. So. Doing serious time, yeah. That's a great lady, though. Didn't this lady go to bathroom? Oh, dude, and dude, she's, dude, she's ride or die. Like, so ride or die. I, I, I dated a lot of Latinas. None of them would have dug a fucking tunnel for my ass, dude. They wouldn't dude. Dude, uh, most most haven't done the dishes when I cook. Like yeah. they're not digging a tunnel for me, bro. Especially when I, I already told her where the cash is behind the walls. Like their ass would have been gone. And I get it. Like they're not gonna set up a place right near the prison and spend a year, like making sure that the guards are all greased up. Not that that was probably too hard, but um, yeah, digging a tunnel. These yeah, tunnels man. blow my mind, say. Eh? Yeah, that's love, man. That's love. <laughs> In a sick way, it is love. You're I, right. I respect it. I respect it. I love love. So if any way I can see love, <laughs> KD, if any way I could see it be exposed, good or bad, like Bobby and Whitney, say what you want. Say what you want about Bobby Brown. Say what you want about Whitney Houston. Who All right, how long do you have? have? That was love. That was love right there. You got to respect it. You got to respect it. A lot of people are fishing for that, hunting for it. You yeah. So, yeah, I'm not. Um, but if I run into it, I won't deny it. Um, I'll yell at it and lambaste it. But I'm, I'm not going to, you know, totally deny it. CCB. I, I might, I might be right there with you. Whitney corrupted Bobby. No, Whitney, uh, Whitney was oh. a sweet. 
Whitney was a sweetheart before Bobby and um, what was his, what was his first big hit in '86? What was that? Um, Bobby. Yeah. Prerogative. My prerogative. My prerogative. I feel like that was I do it. what I want to do. Yeah. No. I mean, that was you know that was that was also the jam for all of us, dude. Like you know any any kid that age, like that was the jam. My sister was nine years older. That was a big deal. Like everyone liked that song. Whitney, and it wasn't it wasn't Tupac, you know, hit him up. Um, but at that time it wasn't tough either. But you know, it was black dude dancing and you know, letting it go a little bit and saying my prerogative. Like, yeah. So Whitney probably Yeah. Well, this is an era of Michael Jackson. Bobby was way more edgy than Michael. That's what he's saying. It didn't it didn't be hard to be edgy back then. You know? Right. Like edgy was not edgy now. You know, like edgy back then was shit that no one could listen to, but everyone listened to behind closed doors. Like my parents would listen to Red Fox. They wouldn't listen to it in public. Right. You know what I mean? They'd listen to George Carlin and Red Fox, like shit like that. And it was like, that was, you know, you had to be careful with that shit. Red Fox doesn't get the respect he deserves. People have no idea how funny Red Fox is. They have no clue. No you idea. Know, obviously, that's a time where you know a lot of film wasn't out there on Red Fox and stuff. But straight up, pound for pound, joke for joke, Red Fox is probably on a lot of people's Mount Rushmore. I know a lot of just straight comedy. A lot of serious comedians I've talked to. Stand-ups, Trey's talked to a lot more, but I talked to in New York, um, and I'm talking people y'all would know, big-time people. They have Red Fox in their top five, certainly top ten, top seven. like, And a lot like probably Lenny Bruce, but I think funnier and more relatable to all of us, Like, also set the stage for a lot of stuff. And not just black comics. A ton of white comics, yeah. Hispanic, like any comic, female comic. If you want to be edgy, he kind of gave you with Carlin a runway and like, dude, I'm taking the heat, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right, Trey, appreciate you coming back. KD, it's been fun. Love both you Always fellas. Fun, brother. I am all. All right, sounds good. Man. Thank you, Zay. How'd everything go? Fine. All right. Will you do a uh, deal while I go pee and grab some water? I will do a deal. I will start doing that deal by telling people about audiovisual consultations. AVConsultations.com is the website. The phone number 512-255-8678. That is the number to call to get yourself hooked up with that Dream Home Theater Entertainment Center. I know because I've had audiovisual consultations out to my place on multiple occasions. The first time was to do a better job with what we had set up in our living room downstairs. It was acceptable, I guess, but in retrospect, it was so freaking Bush League. When Tom McKay came over with his guys, well, he mocked me for one because that's the sort of relationship that Tom and I had. Then we talked about what it is that we wanted to accomplish, and he made it happen. Even did some things that were intuitive to him that I didn't even think about. Things like hiding the wires so my kids, who were then 
little, little kids at the time couldn't grab at wires and cause a huge accident. Tom sees all that stuff. He's why he it's why he makes sure that uh, the job you want done is going to be done not just right. It's going to be done even better than you can anticipate. It's why we had him back a couple years later to hang a TV upstairs it's on an extend arm. His guys were like, you know what? We're going to put a port in here to make it easier for you to hook up video games because your kids are going to love video games in a few years. Sure enough, that's what we use it for now. They had that sort of foresight, and they would love to do that for you as well. Like I said, avconsultations.com, 512-255-8678 for audio-visual consultations. Also want to let you know about Relax the Back. I've been a Relax the Back customer for somewhere around 15 years at this point. It started by getting some basic massage tools in my 20s when I was dealing with some back issues. You had to loosen things up, but I needed some help in doing so. Paying for a masseuse is really expensive. Rather than uh, going to relax the back and paying 15, 20 bucks for a really good massage tool, so that's what I did back then. I still have some of that stuff in my living room to this day. On top of that, I've uh, expanded into the furniture realm with Relax the Back. I've got this chair that I'm sitting on right now, most comfortable chair in my house. has great lumbar support. It is very easy to adjust, to lean back when I want to kick back a little bit, put my legs, my feet up on the desk, or when I need to be more upright for the YouTube shows, this Relax the Back chair does that. Find out for yourself and also find the location nearest you in Central Texas by going to their website at Relax the Back. Dot com. Looking at the YouTube comments line now is Kevin. Good to go, buddy. Yep. All right, cool. As Kevin is back with it, the TSU app isn't playing at all. And it says Jeff and Rodney, but okay. Well, maybe we need to start the app back up then, I guess. CB. <sighs> Give me just a second here, guys. Boy, I have loved this weather. I got to be honest. I love it. I yeah. absolutely, yeah. No, 17, 18 last night felt like 29. It's not, not a big difference. It probably get to negative. There was a negative in New York I got to, and I go, yeah, I feel the difference. This is unbearable. But I love it. It, it, it reinvigorates me. Maybe it kills some of the allergies too, but I just love it. I love cold weather. I really do. It's so funny, too, because my dad moved down in the mid-70s. My dad hated cold weather his whole life and moved down here. and was like, I'm never moving back. You know, I talked to him. I go, you know, he gets below 40 and he's miserable. And I was like, you know, how you doing with this? And he's like, you're loving it, aren't you? And I, go, I went out to get coffee and shorts today. He's like, you fucking psycho. Um, which you kind of gave me that, too. But my legs don't get cold. I was covered up here. I didn't go out. I didn't give you that because I'm in the same boat as you. As long as my upper body is warm, then my lower legs can be exposed in the conditions for a little bit, and I'm still okay. Yeah, but he can't deal with it. And has he goes, this brings back every bad childhood memory. I'm glad. He's been down there from the mid-70s. He's more of an Austinite than, what, 98% of the people in Austin? Yeah. And he's a Texas guy, too. As, as big as he is Notre Dame, he roots for Texas. I think to make sure I'm not miserable. Although I'm not Skip Bayless and throwing stuff in my trash can. How tired of a bit is that online? Like, how big of a charlatan and, like, fucking ridiculous 
D-level actor are you? Why are people watching this stuff? Why is he getting paid that? He's Have you seen young. that every year when he throws out the Cowboy stuff? And he stomps over there and like a little, you know, not too smart little boy and throws on his jersey into the twist clan. He is a great example of somebody who is operating pretty much purely with histrionic means. What oh you doing in an exaggerated manner to try and draw attention to yourself. It's petulant at best, I guess, but like at it's, best. it's see-through. I mean, petulance is, is the ceiling. At its worst, yeah. is just completely fraudulent, which is kind of what he is at this point. Is he is an act? Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna take away petulance. You and I are smart enough. Sorry, petulance is off the table. If we're DAs here, like no, it's off the table. This is fraudulent. We can go from you know misdemeanor to felony. That's what we can do. Sorry, that's it. I will accept that. Okay. Yeah, I mean it. It, it, it's too obvious and all that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there are, there are lots of examples of that in sports media and he's, he's the best slash worst, I guess. Have you seen the beef between Jason Whitlock and Stephen A. Smith where Stephen A. Smith is calling him a fat bastard or something. And there's this, no, it's Yeah. Is it political? Uh, I don't. Because I'm figuring Stephen A. Smith's left and Whitlock's right. And it's, is it like. No, it's, it's Jason Whitlock essentially calling Stephen A. Smith out as a colossal fraud. Who's, who oh, is peddling. I agree stories. with that, but Stephen A. Smith may say, may say the same thing. And I may agree with that too. He's so. just calling him a fat ass, fat ass piece of shit, essentially. So yeah. he's name calling, whereas Jason Whitlock is like, dude, you're peddling stories in your memoir that aren't even your stories. All right. So Whitlock's winning. Exactly. All right. So, no, I've, I've not seen that. What were you saying before that, though? I, I threw you off. There was something there that was pretty good. Mm. I know we, we've opened up a bunch of windows. There was something before saving that we had, too, but I'll rewatch it and follow up. So are you, did you have any familiarity with? It was a cold, it was the cold weather is what we're talking about. Hmm. Anyway, it was was my, yeah, it was my dad. My dad hates it. I love it. It's funny how all that works. There we go. We're closed. All right. Uh, Antonio Kite, Alabama DB is just enters the name of the transfer portal. Do you know anything about him? Is he the five star? Well, it's Bama, so probably. Um, Former top 175 recruit from 22. No. Yeah. Never, never talked to him. Another name out there. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, how all this works. Hopefully, the Arizona linebacker coach who I told you I thought that was going to happen, Johnny, what is it? Vanson, Henson, Vinson. Um, played at Washington State, was at USC. He's done a lot of a pretty good recruiter. He's gonna come here. Apparently, Aquino won't. I mean, that didn't kill me as an analyst. It's not like he'd be coaching, it would have helped. Um, but 
they're going to have some open spots to be able to grab guys. I don't know how many scholarships they have left open, though, to be honest. Like, I wish, I mean, that's almost where you wish more guys would have left. So Jabbar Muhammad is visiting Austin in the next couple of days. Yeah, and there are still guys that they may be targeting, too. Like, you're going to see names in the portal with regards to Alabama over the next couple of weeks. Not every one of those guys is a take just because it's an Alabama guy is the reality. And that's a, a great place to be for a program like Texas. Cause you uh, haven't been able to say that even going into the recent past, but now they have the roster in such a healthy spot that they're able to cherry pick. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they took a Bama tight end and that didn't work. So. Yeah. And that guy, had, I don't know if he ended up anywhere else after that either. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, they're in a uh, they're in a pretty good spot, and um, they 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 do need to get back to what we were talking about earlier. They do need to hire a defensive line coach because that is a spot where they're pretty thin at a margin for twenty four and beyond, and they've already lost some people, not only from here but that were coming here. Um, they need to hire that and. I don't know what the full story was with that, but it was Bo Davis and his kid and couldn't get him enrolled because they would have matched that, right? Sounds like Bo Davis, his kid is not the most studious. Wow. Wow. So anyway, so I didn't tell you about Sunday. My cleaning friend had some issues and couldn't come over. So not that studious. Continue. Is uh yeah, he's he's a bad student. He doesn't have good grades and apparently I'm so calling bad. you out like you called me out on my cleaning partner. Oh, yeah. Well, that's your mate. I'm talking about a college kid who's not very bright. Oh, there we go. LSU, okay. Who can get into LSU and not Texas? Um, but, uh, that that's a part of it. I have time for every one of those kids. <laughs> I know that that's where it's like, really, like how bad are his grades? I have ten dimes and I have ninety cents. If you're not able to find a way to, for him to get into Texas to keep his dad at school here, like we have, it seems like we've uh, we've bent those rules in the past, right? Dude, I mean, in fairness, LSU's gotten a lot better. It'd be a great school to go to. There were kids, and it was different time, 97, but kids at UT that had no business being there that I knew at Westlake or Austin High or Bowie, and I'm like, oh, God, like no business being there. I probably had no business. Well, I had business being there, but I wouldn't now. You know what I mean? I thought, I can't believe you're at UT. They were playing that game not that long ago. I listen to most college students now, and I think you shouldn't be in college. You aren't able to think critically in the least bit. I don't care how much you can memorize out of a book. You're not very bright. Texas or otherwise. Fair. App is back and working. Great. Thank you, CB, for letting us know that. All right, so we close that gap. So you agree, hire a DT tackle or, I mean, I would like a DE and defensive tackle coach, but you've got two in the back end, so I don't think you'd make that fit. 
Yeah, I uh, I don't know where they're going to turn for a defensive line coach. There's some initial names that were bandied about. One was Oscar Oakham. Giles. Oakham. Oakham is another name. Yeah, there are a bunch of former Longhorn defensive linemen who are now coaches at the collegiate level that I think are interesting. Uh, I had Justin Wells on the radio show last week, although he didn't he wasn't going on anything other than thinking about names that he would love to see at Texas. The Ole Miss defensive line coach, I guess, is uh, pretty darn good at his job on top of being an exceptional recruiter. So that's the name he threw out. Uh, you know, St- Sark should and will swing for the fences here. And no, if you have to. Able to land that top guy, he, uh, he, I have no doubt that he's going to find somebody good because he keeps getting – this is back to that Belichick point where Belichick is making really bad coaching hires on top of not getting the personnel thing right. Sark is getting the personnel thing right, and he's uh, or the player thing right, and he's getting the coach hires right too. Like he's upgrading every time he loses a coach, it's like he's upgrading. I don't know how big of an upgrade there is from Bo Davis to the next guy, but I feel like he can, he can and will find somebody that's on par. Yeah, no, I think you will. I, I do think defensive tackle, especially with the defensive line, where they were and where they've gone to, it's so important. It was one very important to keep him. So get the fucking kid in school. Get the fucking kid in school. Can he say hello? Can he fucking write his name? Get him in school. Um, Real quick, this is total conjecture too, by the way, because I didn't finish that answer. Part of me wonders if him not getting the code DC gig because they went and got the DC from Arizona and gave him the code DC label. If that's something that maybe turned him off to this, whereas LSU is willing to give him more of a code DC moniker. Even if it's just, even if the title doesn't mean that much, it's one of those little things that can go a long ways in keeping somebody happy at times. You know, the great thing about co. So when you and I first grew up, when we heard co, what did we think? Uh, we assumed that they were integral to at least the uh, schematics of the defense, if not play. Call. Just the word "co." How many people were involved, and what did it mean? Two, two people who were responsible for calling plays. Right. You can do. You can have four co-defensive coordinators. You can have a lot of people have done very good job of run game coordinators. Ching, 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 ching. You know, universities are bureaucracies. Like any government thing, it's not government, but to where some are. But um, it just need a title, right? Um, you know, look at anyone's title. You can look at mine. So go for it and have fun with it. Like titles will give you a bump in salary. Um, and that's what they mean. And so... You could add three co-defensive coordinators or a run game coordinator, a pass game coordinator, a spirit of light and lightener. Like there are ways to do that to keep him there, right? So they have to replace that. I think that's one of those jobs. If Oakham is great, then and really knows technique and hand placement and leverage and angles and that step and that half inch and this and that perfect super smart guy i remember interviewing him very smart guy i almost went to notre dame like one of those guys we'd interview as a freshman i'm like holy shit um so if he's the right guy would love it if he's a ut guy but i don't need a ut guy defensive line i need a guy who really can get in the trenches and kind of speak pig to pigs 
right? I need like, you know, because they're fat. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Actually, I want in, in the build, just the squatty. Blah. All right. I like to get in mud. Um, think of a defensive line coach as someone you want. If you're a cage, if you're going to Cajun country in the middle of Cajun country, and I don't mean New Orleans and your nice little trip, even with the homeless tent across the street, I mean like straight up Cajun country. And they're not going to speak your language. And if they speak English, but you can barely hear each other, you want to cage him with you, right? You want someone to be like, hey, dude, tell him that we're just trying to get gas and we'll we'll buy all the boudin. We'll pay him double, whatever. Like, don't rob us and rape us. Um, you know, it's like a Charlie Brown episode. You know, you don't really kind of get it, but you don't. I can tell I had a week off. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm brain dead right now, dude. I did the morning show today and I'm just. Was that not funny? Was that not good or what? I better not get a lot of a positive love on the back end with that reaction. I'm sure. I'm sure it was hilarious. I'm just uh, mentally. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, right now. You no, know, Justine. Every time you told me you given him a blowjob and you won't anymore, I, 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 I get why. I get why. There's no reaction. Well, oh man, I, this, this is. No, oh, don't say it. Don't say it. I didn't mean to go there. Don't say it. We get into some dark territory now. I, I don't like blowjobs. Never have. Situationally, they, they've made sense at times, but that's never been my thing. I. It's not. There are other things within the sexual realm. Vagina being one. Actually, one, two, and three. Um, I'm. It's not what some guys make it out to be, but you don't like blowjobs? They're not bad. You don't do anything. You just sit there. Yeah, they're they're okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's, you're there's, gonna get uh, you're gonna get hammered for that, but I love you saying that. There's like a power dynamic that I think comes into play that I just it's not not important to me. It's more more about the pure pure feel of it. And, yeah, but do you feel that whenever you're reciprocating? Like uh, I don't feel like when I'm doing that to her that like I'm being you know totally, and I'm also not grabbing her head and being like you know. Get after it, bitch. Um, you know, you're just sitting back and they want to do it, then. I think it's the inactivity that is maybe a big part of the problem for me. Like that, I, that I do I'm, get. I'm a, I'm a giver in those situations. Like, I am the world's best cunnilinger, as has been said many times in the past. The world's what? best, hold on, world's best what? Kind of linger. Was that snuggling with her pussy? Kind of linger. But I'm the one who is kind of linger in that situation. Yeah. With the other situation, I'm just kind of sitting there like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I should be uh, crocheting or something while it's going on. Like, I feel like yeah. I'm doing something more than I actually am. 
Yeah, I agree, which is why you want that on a couch. Uh, oh, what how how does the couch make a difference? Because you can oh you can, you can get back. You can get back. Yeah, you're using the thumb. That's kind of weird, but yeah, I get you. So you're grabbing the remote and flipping through the channels while it's going on. <laughs> yeah. That's why you want to do it on the couch. How dare you? You're sitting on the couch. She's on the couch in this, you know, four-legged doggy type position blowing you. You've got the left hand around. You can get her going. So you feel like you're doing stuff. But more importantly, Trey, in the right hand is the remote. See, That's how you get stuff done. You just swung from doing something to doing way too much on the other side. There's way too much going on over here. I just need a little bit to do. When I tell you I'm doing nothing, what am I usually doing? Something. A lot. You've laughed at it. Yeah. Cleaning your apartment. Or Cooking, cleaning, TV, video games. Got a laptop working. Oven's working. Dishes. Laundry. And I'm getting a blowjob and doing that. So I don't know how we started on that other than me not giving. Oh, that's what it was. Me not giving enough of a reaction. Yeah, I'm not giving enough of a reaction because I'm kind of, I'm sitting there bored wondering what I should be doing. So unfortunately, that is not the proper reaction in that situation. If you are getting uh, filleted by a significant other or a random person. All right. <laughs> you're, you're a weirdo. I'm sure you're getting killed for that. Jason is saying receiving a good hand job is better than a bad blow job. So I get that, Trey. There's no such thing as a good hand no. job, Jason. Jason, J J Jason I, I gave up hand jobs at 19. And I haven't gotten a full one since. I've got a couple handies to get it going. But um, but not a full one. You know why? I told her at 19. I go, I've already been doing this so much longer than you. I'm so much better at this than you are. I mean, if you want me to do it and just look at you naked, that'll work. Even then, there's a little bit of a distraction going on there. There's there's a little bit too much attention on the act itself. And it is, even though it's something that we all do, it's still a very shameful act. Like, you don't want to be videotaped doing that and have it shown. Do you still parents. feel shame when you beat off? Not in the moment I don't, but it is still a shameful act in terms of if ah. a video comes out of, of you doing that, that is seen by anybody, you're going to feel a little bit of shame there. You're not going to feel. <laughs> you mean if you have that moment, like right before you come and you go, what if everyone up in heaven can watch me as I live? Oh, <laughs> what if my next door neighbor sees the video, the final five seconds of this process, that's going to be, I'm going to be red in the face. The next time I encounter that person in the stairwell. <laughs> Have you and Justine ever been fucking somewhere and the walls are a lot thinner than you thought? Like you're in Cabo San Lucas and you don't realize that till the next night when you're like, yeah, I can hear the TV over there. Hey, go. The TV's way too loud. Go over there and ask them if they can keep it down. Yeah, they open the door and like it's on volume number eight. Like I can barely hear it outside the door. I think these walls are really thin and they heard the anal beads and the pineapple party last night. That's just called hotel sex for us. <laughs> like, if anything, that 
right there is a deterrent and why we don't do it more during the week on the weekends. Like we're both afternoon delight people. If we had perfect conditions and do that with two kids in the house and the wall is only so thin and kids likely to try and barge through doors at any possible second. That would be if, if I ever had kids, I would make sure that'd be like the number one thing I asked the builder. He's like, yeah, we're not sure about how steady it is. And we got some irrigation issues outside. There are a lot of issues here to be totally honest. we have to, and the, the builder committed suicide inside. We, by law, you know, we have to tell you that. Um, but uh, the walls are super the thick. Guy who signed the I-35 split. Yeah. I'd be like, walls are super thick. Sold. I don't care. Like that'd be my, I don't want my kids hearing me and my wife or, or their soon to be stepmom fucking. Yeah. You know, nothing short of having concrete reinforced walls keeps that from happening. I think that's just an impossibility. It's something that you have to accept in most homes and apartments. Like if you're living even, you know what? I guarantee you, you, you may not be able to hear above and below you in like the high rises in downtown Austin. I guarantee you, you can hear some version of what the person living next door to you is doing. Right? Like they have the. Maybe I'm so, I, I think I'm so lucky because you know where I'm at. Like I'm on like one side of a wing. You got so really I, fortunate. Dude, I, I don't hear anyone ever. You're, you are already in a good position because you're the top floor. Whenever I would live in apartments, I would always insist on top floor. So you couldn't hear the people in, uh, above you, if anything. The people below you are hearing what you're doing, but you also have, I feel like every person that you've lived next door to has been a really quiet, like UT masters or doctorate students. But they're all, they are, but they're all, but they're in like usually 28 or 30, but, but they're also not right next to me, like where they're actually living, you know? I mean, they're next to your living room. Fair. So I'm in my bedroom, but that's their kitchen over there. Like, all, like all their living shit is on the other side, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, I got fucking lucky, dude. God, I wish I could buy this place. I, I do wonder how much longer you're going to live in that apartment for, because that apartment suits you perfectly. It has everything that you need. You're comfortable there. You've got that extra bedroom to do with what you will. I'm also saving a ton of money for like 10 years, bro. Like, I mean, it's, it's a ton of money. So it basically gets down to when you've saved up enough that you're going to have, you're going to have houses in Breckenridge, South Padre, and then you'll still come back to Austin from time to time, but you'll probably keep that place as the spot that you can come back to in Austin. I, if you really want. I will. I will. But there are a couple other apartments and condos I've looked at. I mean, I, I mean, you looked at the place your dad lives, right? You've considered something like that. Yeah. And I almost bought around there too, but I already have equity and land and tailors, you know? And so like, I'm not trying to get over my skis. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't know. I've been, I've gotten more liberal as an investor the last five years as I've learned more, but I was too conservative early on, but I saved money. So at the end of the day, and I've been happy. Like if I wasn't happy here at any point, I would have moved, but I told you, I'm like, shit, dude, like they've, they've redone everything for me. I've got brand new, everything high appliance. And I would have had to pay for that. What does, so I take it as being taking more chances with, 
real estate investments. What does liberal mean when you're talking about real estate investing? Yeah, being more aggressive, being okay. more not as conservative, and and you know, um, which I've done a pretty good job of that, but not not where I should have been. But I also didn't have the knowledge, and I'm glad I didn't do that. Now there are certain things that are actually pretty conservative, but on the outside would be more aggressive in terms of return and and all that. Um, so yeah, it's more of that. No, it's it's not. I'm you know going all hedge funds now. Because I certainly don't have the money to to do that appropriately. So a hundred million dollars at these twenty companies, right? Yeah, they all hit. Yeah, right. And if one hits, it'll pay for everything. And Madeline's nineteenth breast surgery at eighty (laughs) nine. Good thing I haven't seen this since she was seventy one. Uh, so the NFL playoff games this weekend, other than the Cowboys game. Yeah. Uh, missed most of Philly and Tampa Bay. Uh, missed nothing. Yeah. What a meltdown. I was trying to go through it. I was like, I'm sure there were more, but I don't remember in the NFL, a meltdown like that in our lifetime where you're 10 and one. And I remember we were talking and I go, well, they're definitely looking at the schedule going to win the East. And no one disagreed and no one should have because, and even then we were kind of saying, eh, they look a little, you know, they're, we were saying at 10 and one, they don't look as good as, as they have, you know, as a record and they don't feel like they're 10 and one. Remember that? It felt like they were teetering on a loss or two, if not something worse, because it had been a month of them scraping by with victories. Yes. So the whole 10 of one thing, six out of the last seven, no, rewind a month before, even with W's, right? Defense was problematic, and you knew if things started to go sideways offensively, which Jalen Hurts hurts a finger on his throwing hands, and then A.J. Brown has to miss the game last night with a knee injury, that's a problem. Devontae Smith's a great wide receiver at the NFL level. He is much better suited as a two than a guy who's having to make play after play just because of his diminutive stature, and that – Really caught up with him on top of the fact, I don't know what it is with Nick Sirianni. He gets to points in games where he refuses to run the football. And he did. He ran the ball the first two times in last night's game. I want to say they passed it like 11 or 13 straight times after that, even as they were really weren't getting a whole lot going offensively. It's like at some point, you need to be the rat who's not going to continue to shock itself to get that piece of cheese and try and do something a little bit different here. I do think, I mean... Their physicality and outside of the the tush push was really their key. Clearly, their defense is not the same. Their secondary is not the same. Their their front's not the same. But Steichel leaving to their offense and what they do. And I I forgot who it was. It was Orlovsky or someone else who brought this up. This is what most people don't do on Twitter or here. If you heard something from someone else, go ahead and give them fucking credit. If you thought of it, you find out later, or you forget, give them credit after. Stop fucking... Um, With that said, Orlovsky had said, there's something about, or some whoever else it was, Orlovsky or who's the Orlovsky type guy. Same deal. Said... That type of system is really hard to replicate. 
really hard to replicate. And week in and week out, year after year. And same thing with Greg Roman, who's now gone, but with the Raven, what the Ravens are doing. It's why that hasn't won maybe a Super Bowl yet. And so are you talking about the physicality or the scheme? <clears throat> more the zone read scheme. Never turn your back, no play actions, no waggles, not the stretch zone scheme, which so many people are running and doing to success, which gives you a lot of horizontal three level. And this is all me talking here from this point on horizontal three level. um, You can hit with vertical off that waggle this way. Looking back this way, throw back that way to the Packers tight end is wide open. That's schemed open. Um, CJ Stroud, we've been waggling this way. Delay, delay, delay. Releases. Boom. Hits him 70 yards because Brevin can fly. After that, waggle. Boom. We're all looking flood this way. Oh, really? And, you know, Schultz is going to run a really good fucking face you up route where got him going, turn, float ball, touchdown. Those are schemed open. And they don't have those as much, you know. It's more of a college zone read. And in the pros, that gets hard, harder as it goes along. And I think Baltimore has found that out. They've found ways around that. I think Philadelphia kind of found that out especially with injuries, if not everyone's healthy. Yeah, if A.J. Brown is healthy last night, yeah. that I think is a different – not not I think. I know that's a very different game. I don't know if Philadelphia wins the game because their defense is just not very good. And quite honestly, Tampa Bay should have beat them worse. There were some pretty egregious drops in the first half of that game. Mike Evans dropped what would have been a surefire touchdown. Otten, the tight ends, had a drop over the middle that would have been a huge gain, too. And these are all drives where they're having to settle for field goals, mind you. So Philadelphia would have still had problems stopping that Tampa Bay offense, but they could have at least conceivably gotten into a shootout. Without A.J. Brown and a lack of willingness to, to run the football a little bit more, just to, if nothing else, give your defense a bit of a break, which... I mean, how bad is Matt Patricia as a defensive coordinator right now if with that defensive line, he isn't able to do more to try and stop opposing offenses than what we saw yeah. in the last six to eight weeks? Every time I see him, I just think, you know, you know, let me tell you, brother, step into a slim gym. You know, it's like, ah, you know. And when I see his play calling, especially offensively, I kind of think the same thing. Who is that, Jim Hacksaw Duggan? Not that I am a fan of the uh, George Steinbrenner way of guys not being able to have facial hair, but that would be there would be two stipulations to me even considering Matt Patricia for like a defensive analyst. Shave that stupid fucking beard and get that pencil out of your hat. Sorry. Yeah, pencil out of the hat. Too. Yeah. The entire look up. It feels like you're playing more of a character right now than a football coach. Yep. Yeah. We're getting back to your deal about characters earlier. We can close that deal. People playing characters, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. Pretty real. You know a character? Uh, so during the whole cold weather thing, I have loved it. And so I do get a big kick out of it and fires me up. I, I, mean, I remember it having it four or five months out of the year and it blows. 
I mean, I don't want anything like that four or five months out of the year. I'll take that over the heat, but everyone's different on that. And I get it, you know? You'd rather have extreme cold for four to five months out of the year than extreme heat. Whatever they're at, 22 degrees over plus 100 for that time. Well, it tends to dip down into teens and single digits a lot during that stretch, too. It also tends to dip to 112 during that stretch and sit at 109 for a month straight. One, with your, 112 is very, very rare. With your, with, uh, well, oh, yeah. oh, the teens are, I tell you, 109's a lot more common than 17 in Austin, brother. Yeah, but one. But 99 is more common. Brother, step into 99, a is more, 99 is more common than 112, though. Okay, but the teens are very rare. So I'm talking, I'm talking 20s. How about that? Where are you living? Because in Chicago, teens were way too common for like a two to three month stretch. All right, all right. Give me the fucking teens, whatever. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter. Um, because you, you would rather have teens and twenties than hundreds, yes, low hundreds, upper nineties for that entire time. Yep. Yeah, you, you've already explained it. There's something in, uh, invigorating to you about walking around in the cold versus. Yeah. Something stifling about walking around in that sort of heat. And really, too, by the way, this last summer was the first time I was like, holy fuck, it's way too hot here. Yeah. Now, I would still rather have that over regular 20s and teens for months on end and a complete lack of sunshine that usually ensues as well. Dude, 17 felt good this morning. It wasn't that fucking cold. It really wasn't. This morning actually felt colder than yesterday. I thought this morning. It's windy. That's different. It wasn't that windy where I was at. It felt good. It was windy where we were. And uh, like I went in for, I went into the pool for two minutes yesterday. I only went in for a minute today. I'm like. I'm also not going into a fucking pool because I'm not a moron. Well, either that or you haven't realized it just yet. As somebody who's that big a fan of cold. All right. I am. Best it gets is the swimming pool. You, I'm going to come over here in a couple of weeks when it warms back up into the 40s and 50s, and you and I are going to get into your swimming yeah. pool for five minutes. <laughs> you're going to hate it up until you do it, and when you get out of the pool, you're going to be like, holy shit, that was actually awesome. Where are all my buddies doing this? Like, all y'all. Matt Matz is taking, like, a fucking boat down the river, like, going to pod or going to the coast where they don't i mean like all, all you guys are doing like all this militaristic marine type i'm trying to be a navy seal type stuff you, you guys know we're fleeting and you guys just want one last hurrah you didn't dunk enough like i did you pusses I'm just, I, I'm not doing it for any sort of braggadocious reasons. I'm doing it because it helps me feel better. It's not braggadocious. You know that it's fleeting and about to leave. It's subconscious. It's internal. I don't blame a 43-year-old trick chick who tries to get me pregnant. I blame a 26-year-old one who does that, not a 43-year-old one. Huh? Because to- it's internal. It's a, it's a, it's a clock that's ticking. We know that we're not going to be able to do any of this stuff much longer. Athletic. Oh, I completely, I completely disagree with that. Uh, 
Well, it's just like strength training, let's say. Like, yeah, does your strength go down over time? Does that, yes. Does that mean that you should completely stop strength training because you're getting older and you're inherently weaker or not as... No, I'm not saying that. And I'm kind of kidding around with you. I'm talking about more other buddies that are doing like really hardcore stuff. Jumping in the pool is not, but for most people, it does sound sound hardcore. It's probably for our age, even more beneficial. Well, that's part of the appeal is doing something that is. And I'm trying to do bits here. And, you know, you know, Sammy Sirius is busting my balls over here. What was the bit? I'm just having fun, like with other buddies of mine that jumping in a cold pool of water is like that, you know, militaristic. But I, I think that the Navy SEALs element of yeah, things, you're no fun today. I want Trey with sleep. I think the the Navy SEALs part of that bit is uh, an interesting avenue to explore. Like, what's some other things that we can come up with that guys are putting themselves through? Just to, oh, the next big thing in in uh, health and wellness is depriving yourself sleep for a week straight, not allowing yourself to sleep for a week straight. Like the Navy SEALs do. I'm telling you this one thing where they, they literally are in like canoes and they start, I mean, it's from Houston or Corpus all the way down to Padre. Oh yeah. yeah. And they don't sleep. They don't. And like, what do y'all do? I mean, it, it, it sounds like something that the Green Bur- not Green Berets, Navy SEALs would do, and you got to be part of it to be SEAL Team Six. And it's like, yeah, you got to tread water in uh, forty degrees for uh, twenty four straight hours with sharks below you. And it's like, what? It's like, yep. Yeah, if you got the balls, you can do it. If you're a pussy, you're a pussy. And I'm like, I'm forty five. I'm not doing that. Wait a second. Are there guys really denying themselves sleep to canoe down a fucking river to the coast? Yes. Holy shit, that is... Our age! In better shape than we are, closer to your shape, but even more physical than we ever were. 6'4", 220-pound guys who played linebacker that kind of got a little tubby and are now at 44, going to show that they can be the same guy they were at 25. Let's go. And I'm like, dude, you're working for a hedge fund. Like you have three kids. What are you doing? There is a survivalist element to human civilization right now where it's like people proving that they are able to survive off the land if they need to. And I am not that person. So I am, I'll say the tiniest bit jealous of that. I'm not hugely jealous, but it's like, yeah, it would be nice to be able to survive in the wild if it were to ever, ever to come down to it, because I don't know, we're a few nuclear bombs away from that happening, but I'm also willing to roll the dice to be a little bit less survivalist and not have to put myself through that shit because that was like a point of diminishing returns for me where it's like, are, are you getting better at certain things throughout that process? Yes. But it is also maybe more detrimental to your health considering the likelihood that you have to utilize any of those skills. Also a yes. From zero until 18, just jumping around, I played like a wild, you know, baby orangutan that was, you know, really was a rabby, you know, was uh, full of... uh, rabies and AIDS and was just jumping around. So I did all that with no care. Um, And then I had a lot of fun after that. 
Not that necessarily. I'm all good. Played a ton of sports like you did. On it, we're four teams just playing pickup ball, yard football, baseball, whatever. Or would it be rec league softball outside of real baseball? I'm all good. Like, I don't get the whole, let's keep it going. Um, Well, it's healthy to always continue finding ways to challenge yourself. It's just the ways that you're going to try and challenge yourself. There's ways to do that where it's a physical challenge, like getting into a cold body of water, which, as I said, every time, like leading up to it, my heart starts racing because I'm scared to get in that water. And then I do. And then it's, you know, you kind of breathe through it and it's okay. And then there's like trying to learn new things. every guy until he got in the cold water and the heart stopped racing. Yeah, but that's heart just stopped. Uh, there, there are plenty of examples of humans getting in cold water and being okay, assuming that you're in decent physical condition to begin with. That if you don't allow yourself to panic, I don't think that you're going to. At least for me, I'm not going to. If you don't allow yourself to panic, I mean that's a big part of it. You do have to calm down because when I get when you get in at first, it's like you start to freak out a little bit because it's really cold. It's I get it. Bit of shock on the body, and then you breathe through it, and then everything's okay. And then there's challenging yourself with hard stuff like learning a new skill, like going taking archery lessons or art lessons. I like that. I like that. Physically, I don't like challenging myself as much. Although I do it on the bike, I'll do it with swimming. So I guess I still do it. I mean, everybody, everybody has everybody has those ways that they can do it, but a lot of us choose not to because that shit's hard. And life is already hard enough as is. Yes. To take the grind of life and then to add difficulty to that is a step too far for a lot of people. Now, unfortunately, it is one of those things where it's use it or lose it. So use the ability to get physically stronger, to get smarter, to get physically more uh, spirituality, spiritually, there we go, spiritually more sound. Try and find ways to to challenge those things, to strengthen those things, because otherwise they end up getting weaker over time. Right. Then you'll look back years from now thinking that you might still have the same capabilities that you did 10, 15, 20 years ago. You don't, and it becomes that much more difficult to get back to a point that you consider to be acceptable or satisfactory. Perfect. Totally agree. Um, you you may have to go here. I do have I do have something with the weather on the the signers, which I think you'll love. By the Let's way, so I'm watching the weather stuff during the weekend, getting ready for it. Got home on Friday, and they had the local uh, you know local government Kirk Watson, whatever, and uh, all them. And, you know, whatever. I mean, it's local government, but it's more talking about ERCOT and are they going to hold up, which is a big question. You imagine that? I never thought about that as a kid. Oh, is power going to be on? Heat going to be on? And I've always loved this, whether it's national, local, no matter what it is. The signer, the deaf signer, you know? Yeah. Like, I love when they really get into it. And the woman with Watson, I mean, was rocking and rolling. I think kind of knew it. Maybe it was her last day signing. Maybe her last week signing. Maybe not at all. But she was. Somebody who's passionate about her job, it sounds like. I mean, she looked like one of the trombone players in the Blues Brothers. 
Yeah, very passionate about her job. Hang tight. I have to pull pork chops out of the oven. We're going to continue this conversation in 10 seconds. All right, I'll give Apple Leasing a little bit of love. Apple Leasing is one of the best spots out there. If you're looking to lease a car, we were talking about buying a car earlier, Zay and I were, and that's always been the fact when you drive it off. It is what it is. If you want to buy one, go to Covert. If you want to lease one or buy one after the lease, go to Apple Leasing. Apple Leasing is uh, the spot to go to. 512-346-9977 or AppleLeasing.com. Give them a price. Let them know the price and say, hey, this is the range I want to be in. You can obviously, people have heard that and been like, oh, so that's going to be a long list. Tell them, I want an SUV. I've got two kids. We want this. Here's a price range. Can I get something? What can I get for that? Or give them what you want and go from there. It's AppleLeasing.com and tell them uh, we said hi. You have pork chops? Because mine are brining. I think I'm doing pork chops and uh, ravioli tonight. Sweet. Yeah, we've got some tomahawk pork chops that I just reverse seared. I go way higher than uh, than what you like to go, but I went to 140, and I'm going to let them sit for an hour plus and then throw them on a hot grill. It's one of my favorite things to eat these days. I usually go to 133, but I've gone down to 131. I should have said 133, but um, whatever. I meant to go 138 today, actually, because I do like to go a little bit lower like you do, too. But I'm also mindful of Justine freaking out if there's a little bit of pink in the pork, even though that's. Oh, fuck. Her. It isn't isn't uh, indicative of whether pork is good or t- to eat or not. Now, there is a point where pork becomes too rare, which I it just doesn't I taste good. Agree. No. Well, I mean, it could also be and it's bad for you. But yeah. But uh, a slight bit of pink is not that point. No, if she gets mad about pink in the pork, tell her about pink in the stink. I mean, you know, there, there's different stuff there. Pink in the stink. Isn't that the term? What is what is what is that a term for? Wouldn't that? Oh uh, no, I was trying to be funny, and I'm not the pervert that I used to be, or I ever once was. There was some term for like pink in the stink or like pink in the stink. I don't, I've never heard this. It it may have been pinky in the asshole is what it is. Cause when I heard pink there, I'm like, Oh yeah. I was thinking more the the other P word. Like we haven't said that today. Pink. Okay. Here we go. No. Stink pink. Pink one in the stink. Best two in the pink, one in the stink. What is good? What? Pink. Two in the pink, one in the stink. There it is. I'm like, why have I heard this That's before? Two in the pink, one in the stink. That's what you're talking about. God. Some absolute nonsense on the browser before I finally got. Thank you, Reddit, for straightening us out here. Yeah, what's going on? You couldn't get my uh, you couldn't get my picks up earlier, all this. I mean, something's going on here. Uh, the Brave browser is failing me right now. I found pictures. I just had to go to Google Chrome to do so. And I, at that point. All right, CB, we see Texas fucking added another wide receiver in the transfer portal. Stop. We're done. Who they, who they add? So, some fucking dude. I don't know. We'll hear about <laughs> is it. Si- is it Silas? That's it. Oregon State right. wide receiver. He had like Oregon over State. 700 yards receiving. I'm, you don't need to yell at CB for that. Well, he doesn't need to go all caps. That's what CB does. 
CB's one of those guys. No. Sean Aboon. Sean Aboon, who, who's my buddy who I worked with. Sean Aboon, all caps, all the time. Bro, what are you doing? It's 2 a.m. on a Monday. Sleepy. CB let us know about it in regular lettering. Silas Bolden is a long one. <laughs> didn't cap the Silas, which unless Silas spells his name that way, that's a, that's a spelling error there. Punctuation error. And then he followed that with breaking news. Texas ads. Okay, just to, for, take a breath. We'll get to it. If we don't get to it today, we'll get to it tomorrow, or somebody will get to it tomorrow. It's all right. God bless you, CD, CB, and Great, CB. CB. You start a fucking YouTube channel and talk about it then. We're talking about what we want to right now. All right, CB. That was too much. That was too far. Got to be honest. Um, all right, let me get back to what I was talking about, though, before we get out of here. Um, <laughs> so, no, yeah, so it was the signer, so she's going off, but like, was over. I love when signers are over the top because it makes like a boring press conference or any news conference give you a little pizzazz because it's so hard to everyone's got to be distracted if someone's up there. So anyway, we feel like our contacts have anything out of the control. We should be all good to go. You know? And someone's right next to him like. Mm-hmm. I, I swear to God, like, you know, there's one point I'm like, I don't speak that language, but you got to be fucking with us. And they're probably like, <clears throat> they're probably like the, the Irish, Italians. Uh, I, the deaf people are probably one of these people. They'll never, ever call HR. They kind of laugh at it, too. They get a kick out of their own deal where they're like, <laughs> what she's saying? She's not saying anything. She's fucking with all of y'all. This is great, though. CB, I'm about to fucking block your ass on Twitter. Do not fucking. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm sorry that it's come to this. Stop. All right, guys. Have a good night. So we are. Have a good night and hook him. Hook him. Thanks for watching. (laughs) Subscribe to the channel. Download the free app. We'll talk to you tomorrow starting at 8 a.m. with Bucky and BK. Yes, BK is back in town. In the meantime, hook him. Bye, guys.